There she what is. What up, y'all? How you doing? I'm What's up, Shardy? I'm comfortable, so don't be now, like... Time. Oh, you came in your robe crazy. on them. <laughs> 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 it's a sweater. Shut up, yeah. How you doing? I'm good. How you doing? How you doing? I'm Ryan. It's a pleasure. I definitely thought you were taller. And everybody always you are say that. tiny. I know. She got that thirty inch thrown down her back, though. Yeah. It's this place called Milo's up here, though. It's all lump crab cake. Yeah, that's the one in Hudson. It's missing. Literally. No, we gotta put all that bread in there. Yeah. yeah all that bread. Put all that bread in there. Yeah. See, that's Bro, what I'm asking. Y'all act like Baltimore crab cakes are good. Like they like normal crab cakes. Don't do you don't. Go, you don't go to Baltimore and it's not like New Orleans where you go there and that's where you get crawfish. Like Baltimore crab Yes, cake. it is. No, it's don't not. Do that. Where you go? Where you been? I've, been, I've had a crab cake in oh, every state I've been in. Oh, no, I don't know what you're talking about then. Are Have you, you ever had one from Baltimore? Though? Yes. Okay. Because I, play, I played in D.C. for two years. Oh, yeah, I know, yeah. but you have you had a Baltimore crab cake? From a restaurant in Jumbo Baltimore, is, it, is there like cake. a special restaurant I need to go it's to? It's a couple of them, Moe's, Angie Seafood, all that. Okay. You don't know, I'm going to bring okay. you next time. So you tell, me, you tell me where to go, and <laughs> yeah. when I try it, I'm going to hit you and be like, okay, Jess, I tried it. And, and yes, yeah, so you're going to be is. like, I see exactly what you were saying. I see, I see. don't do that now. <laughs> huh? The Baltimore people got pride. And the cra <laughs> Especially in the crab cake show. <laughs> Y'all got so much pride. That's well, why I yes. bring it up. <laughs> my wife went to Howard, and I went to Howard oh, yeah. Homecoming. Boy, y'all are some Listen. prideful human beings. Good grief. For good reason, though. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You see, you see how they act? Yeah, for good you reason. Know, it's for good be reason. Chill, though. <laughs> hey, y'all be chilling. Hold up. Limitless. Take a simic guy pinning it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On the mission, got me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a simic guy pinning it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On the mission, got me up. Knowing me, I got the key. Just hilarious. Welcome to the pivot. Thank I am you so RC. much for having That's right. me. That's Freddie T. That's Chan. This is our second. Breakfast Club member and the newest yes. Breakfast Club member. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. On that. Another congratulations on the baby. Thank you. I have a question. What's that? Was Chris supposed to tell the world that at he that didn't, time? He didn't tell me he was going to tell the world. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know whether or not he was supposed to. He's a first time dad, so he was like very excited. He went out and got the doula for us. He was like, I was like, a doula? Because you know what? My first pregnancy, I was 19. My first birth, I had it when I was 20. Mm -hmm. So, I ain't know nothing about no doula. I ain't know nothing about none of that. I'm like, all right. You know, I had my first time in the hospital and all of that. But as I grew up, and I'm like, okay, I want to have more kids. I know I want to do that. But I still never researched what a doula actually is for. He did and all of that. He even bought first-time black dad books. And But I'm like, but you're Mexican, too. So why don't you get a Mexican dad book? You know, he's like, they ain't got those. So, you know, he, he was really, really excited. And he was supposed to just call and say happy birthday. He told me he was going to call and say happy birthday. Birthday. So I was expecting for him to call, but he was like, the bundle of joy part. And I was like, oh, snap, I had other plans. <laughs> Meaning I, I had other plans to announce, but I really wasn't upset. I mean, like, that's my best friend. That's my that's my guy, you know, that's my safe space. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to whip your ass at home for this, right. but it's, it's all good, though. I, I was still happy that he was excited. Yeah, for you, yeah. the show with Rome, where you guys talk about co-parenting, mm -hmm. so you've had a strong co-parenting relationship you know since you guys had Ashton yes. and now moving into this second opportunity and being with him still how how excited are you to embark on this maybe in a different way because I had my first baby when I was 19 yeah. as well and it was much different 
when I had my third, right? Because I, I was prepared for it. I was excited about it. I, I wanted it. And, right. you know, so it was a little different because it was like, oh, you better snap into it at 19 and yeah. understand the responsibility. Yep. So how excited are you to do it this time in a different way? Much more excited. I get a chance to actually experience what pregnancy is like. When I, like I said, man, Rome was young. You know what I mean? Like, we was both 19. He didn't know what he wanted to do with his life. I didn't know what I was going to do. I just knew that I was going to be famous. I already knew that. I just didn't know what it was going to take or what, what, was gonna get me there. But like, we told my parents and my mom was like, all right, so you, you lay down and made the baby, you gonna have to be a mom. You, yeah. you have, it's, it comes with great responsibility. And so I was nervous the whole time. I had ash and everything and we were thrown into it, you know, mm -hmm. but it was very different. Now actually planning it and, and I, I knew that I wanted more kids than Ash, yeah. but I just knew, I was like, man, the guy's not guying right now, you know? So <laughs> I was, I didn't want to settle, you know, right. I didn't want to settle. I had a couple of relationships out before Chris, you know, and after Rome and I was like, nah, this ain't the one that's going to get me this. This ain't the one that's going to, this ain't, mm -hmm. this is the one. This is what I want. I want more kids after this one, after my second one. Um, always wanted a big family. I'm excited. Good. This is that is exactly what I want. And it's the right time because now I'm sitting down. Breakfast club. I don't have to be on a plane three or four times out the week. Mm -hmm. I don't have to tour for money. I don't have to, you know what I mean? I, I, after I did that contract, I heart, you know what I'm saying? Bang, bang, bang. Got my bread up and everything. Now I can tour if I want and when I want, which is still something I'm very passionate about. But I have the choice to say, okay, I want to chill this month. I don't want to get on a plane this month. Uh, I don't want to get on a plane next month. And still other businesses I can actually pay attention to because I'm only on the radio three hours out the day. And then I can have more, like less stress on my body and all that type of stuff. So this is the perfect time to do it. I'm rich too. What's a doula? I know that's right. A doula. <laughs> we got a doula. So now. A doula you, you ain't yeah. going to the hospital no more to make I'm a baby. No, you you can um, go to the hospital. That's not where you make the baby. Chance. But a do yeah. Oh. I know how to make a baby. I got three, so I know how to make a baby. I bet, yeah, bet yeah. y'all know how to do that. And we yeah. all know how to make babies. But you, you what's so a doula? A doula is, uh, uh, she takes care of you while you um, are pregnant, and she's actually there, present in your birth. I'm doing home birth with this one, it's, and I don't want to be in a hospital. I'm scared as hell to have my baby in the hospital, yo. I really am. My, my first experience, like I said, with me being so young, I didn't really realize like what was going on and things that I should have been able to ask about and that I was able to ask, but I was young. They were, they were rushing. They rushed me through like my whole pregnancy. I was in labor, mind you, for 30 minutes, sunk, slid straight out. But, and I was good with that, but you know, that's when I was a spring chicken. I ain't that no more, you know? I'm 32, <laughs> but and that ain't that old, but it's old enough to know that you ain't 19, you ain't 20 no more, but like, when it came to like the epidural and the hospital, the doctor was like, um, I'm gonna let a, a student do mm. this. And I'm like, now me being a 32 year old woman who's like done research and I know I planned my pregnancy and I want actually to have this baby now, I'm like, damn, that shouldn't have never been even a, a, a statement. Mm. It should have been a question. Hey, this is an intern, this is a mm. student that we're training. Is it okay if they, you know, administer your, your Epidural. Nah, he just told me. And so I'm, I'm so much in pain and I'm like looking for the relief of it. I'm like, go ahead. They had to stick me twice. Yeah. I was having back problems up until my son was five. You know what I mean? But I just thought that was something that came with birth. So I just, I really didn't, I didn't know the questions to ask. And, and they do that 
and they just get you on out of there. You know what I'm saying? So I, this time I want to do it right, and a doula is there for those. They, like, say if I want to have my, this baby in the hospital, she will be there to be like, uh-uh. Oh, this, mm -hmm. you're gonna do it. The doctor's gonna do it. They are there, like they're your vocal. Like they, they're there to talk for you. They, they got your back with everything. Like they teach you things that you don't know. It's like, it's like a teacher yeah. teaching you how to be pregnant and, and how to like want to like, you know, do things on a maternal side and just, just, Embrace your pregnancy it's in like a, a better like life. A pregnancy coach. Yeah, yeah. Right. a pregnancy right. coach. That's right. what it is. You gonna, have your like, baby, you gonna have your baby in the dining room? No, not in the dining room. <laughs> in the living room. Alexia, <laughs> but uh, Alexis Ohanian, <laughs> remember he was talking about all the things Serena Williams went through yeah. in yeah. trying to have yeah. her baby. And imagine being 20 years old and not knowing, not knowing a ton in the mortality rates of black women yeah. when it does yeah. come yeah. to giving birth. So I think that's extremely smart to be farther right. along now. Absolutely. And what is it called again? A doula? A doula, yep. D-O-U-L-A. Look, Jess, I'm not an expert, but okay. you could have been then rich. That sounds like malpractice to me. <laughs> malpractice, I the, know. The two epidural. You should have shot your shot. I think I'm gonna still how does, to go um, back and, how and does, go How does boss man Ashton, how, how, how has he received the news? Yo, listen, so to be honest with you, I was actually scared to tell my son. I, I was scared like... Yeah, he seemed like him before. You know, not, like he don't, he don't play around at all, especially not about me. And um, because Rome has four other children, so he is a sibling to four other children already. And it's only been me and him for 11 years, so it's like, he used to that. It's only been me and my mom. Like, yeah, I see y'all niggas come through, but it's, only, it's, only, it's, it's been me and my mom, you know? So I was kind of scared, because I was like, damn, yo. I know, I've always shared with Ash that I want to give him siblings and I want to have, you know, but I always explain to him, I want to do it right. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to get married. I want the next person who I, you know, make a family with, I want to marry that. I want that to be the last person I'm with. You know, I talked to my son like that, and he just never had no hopes that I would find that right person. My son has always said, like, you ain't gonna get no man. You know, stuff like, <laughs> seriously, he's always said it because my relationships just didn't last, you right. know what I mean? But it is what it is. When I first, I told him I was nervous. I told him before I told Chris mm -hmm. that I was pregnant. I was like, nah, I'm gonna tell my son. I told him, and he was like, let's go, it's gonna be a boy. When he said, let's go, right. yeah. I was so happy. I broke down, I cried. He was like, what's wrong? And I said, I was nervous to tell you because it's just only been me and you. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I didn't know how, I, I didn't know how you would feel. Right. You know what I mean? He was like, well, I, I don't need no more siblings from dad, but <laughs> I'm, I'm happy because now I get to grow up in the same house mm -hmm. with this one. You know, so he wanted a boy at first, but then last week he was like, I think I want a sister so you can have a girl. Like, you don't determine that. You know what I mean? But he he's just so open with me. Like, that's that's my guy. So. He gonna be a comedian too? He said he don't want to be, he want to play football. Oh, yeah. That's what he want to do, yeah. He went from basketball to an actor, to comedian, to football. He did, he did say he wanted to be a comedian, but um, now he want to be a football player, so. <laughs> We have, like, so my son plays football in yeah. college, but I have two girls as well. You know, Chance, uh, Freddie T's son is drafted. And so, like, you have all these different things, and our kids see us more than they listen to us. Mm -hmm. And he's gotten to see you grow up Yeah. when you have a baby that young. And you mentioned the fact that he said you wasn't going to ever get a man. But when you have a relationship like you had with Country Wayne that starts to be so public, yeah. How difficult is that to deal with and how do you determine whether you're going to answer certain things back and correct them 
or just try to keep as much as you can private? Man, I, it, it just depends. Like, it depends because me and Ashton always been open with each other because, like I said, like, you know, to the point of me being young when I had him, he grew up with me. You know, I, I was still very childlike in the mind, like, you know what I mean? So he was more like, I was always his mom now. He knew when to go, not to press those, you know, boundaries and buttons with me, but he was always, I was always my son's friend. But when I started dating Wayne, like Ash, and he and he asked me, how, I think, no, Wayne told him how many kids he had, and he was like, he came to me, he was like, dang, so they gonna be like living here? Like he, yeah, he was like, we gonna be eating different, ain't we, mom? Like, it's, you know, and like Ash had his little questions for me, and I'm just like, nah, nah, I don't think we ever gotta see them. I don't think so, you know, cause he don't see them, so I don't know, you know? But, you know, I just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little, just Yeah, you know, so, but I'm, I'm like I said, I'm very open with him, but I, I had to move carefully because that was my first, public relationship with somebody of that stature as That's well. Saying, yeah. You know what I mean? It, I wasn't really nervous about it. I just, you know when you step in something and you, cause I was coming off of another relationship um, with another ex who I went public with and that relationship just wasn't good. And so, you know, Wayne actually was showing me the opposite of that. You know, so I, I jumped into that and I, I always say that and it's my fault. You know, I wasn't peer pressured into dating him or nothing like that, but I jumped into that and had I gotten to know him, who he was, we would just we just would have been friends um, from the jump. But it's that's what they call a rebound. But yeah, I, I definitely jumped into that. And um, yeah, Ashton was like, "Man, it's gonna be different." They all gotta live here. Yeah, <laughs> he said we gonna all have to eat. That, that, mi that mixed family thing. Yeah, like is it is it hard to navigate? You know what I'm saying? Like the timing mm -hmm. of, okay, I just met a dude. Yeah. Is it two weeks? Is it two months? To introduce yeah, before Ash. introducing the Ashton. But now mm -hmm. it's crazy now. Yeah. Was Because when I was a kid, my parents got divorced. Yeah. So like m my mom and dad could regulate when I met them because there's no social media. There's none yeah. of that. Like now you have to deal with that where I'm sure Ashton got him a Twitter and a yeah. damn Instagram. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? He does. He has uh, TikTok and Instagram. But like, it, like I said, it depends. Cause sometimes I can get like, well, before I'll be able to like go out with somebody and, and I would know if it's gonna work or if it ain't. But I will also introduce Ash if I felt like I not need his approval, would just be like, yo, what you think? You right. know what I'm saying? Like I just, I that's how I approached it with Ash from jump with everybody who I actually claimed as a boyfriend. I introduced Chris to Ash. Chris was actually nervous to meet Ash because if he had already seen him from the internet and everything, he was like, man, his timing is like yours. I don't even know if he's going to like me. And so he was more nervous to meet Ash than for me to introduce him. But and Ash was a little guarded and closed. He was like, oh, this one light skin with locks. I don't mind. You ain't never bring nobody through here like this. You know what I mean? But but he he's. So look at him. Look. I know. I see <laughs> <laughs> what did you just say? I know he was. You know, and I, that was my first time jumping out there with somebody. And then he Mexican too. So Ash had, Ash had jokes about that too. Like it was crazy. But they have a really really good bond up now. They established. Um, um, they met. We were like three months dating, like three months in. And Ash was like cool with him. He was asking, interrogating him and stuff. Like, so you don't got no kids? And um, he like, no, nah, I don't have any kids. And Ash like, hmm, all right, you've been married. Like, I'm telling you, my son is 
my protector. He be serious. He, he be trying. He think he he Rome. He's his dad's but he, like. He, he think he's yeah, man sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> e even Rome is like when I told Rome I was pregnant. Rome was like, all right, I gave you my blessing already, so you good. I'm glad that you. Can. Rome, I don't need your blessing to have no baby. You got you, you got four, you five in, and you talk about. But but Rome is like a package. He as weird as it sounds, he comes with me. Like yeah. that's my that's my guy. Like that's like my brother. I always say <laughs> like because he. He's family. He and Chris has a, a great relationship as well. Right. Like they got they got really really close. You know, he's Ashton's basically a stepdad. Yeah. You know, so until we tie that knot, that's that's you know. But Rome, Chris, and Ash, they do things together without me. That's dope. All of that, you know, they like Rome will call Chris like, yo, this week I need this weekend I need your help. You know, Jess is traveling. I'm working this weekend. If you, but Chris. He's a truck driver, you know, he's CEO of his own company and he's a driver as well. So he'll take Ash with him and he'll look, you'll put the phone down and, you know, he'll take the phone from Ash and then they, they read and stuff and all that type of stuff together. He he makes them do social thing, more social instead of just having technology in his face all the time. So Chris is definitely a necessary factor in my family, my whole family, you That's know, cool. not just my life, my son, Rome my parents like everything he helps he helps out a lot in many ways yes, you're the glue and and those three guys relationships yeah. but let's let's pivot and talk about you okay you're the star yeah let's let's talk about young jess yeah how was, how was young jess growing up in the in baltimore were you growing up in the baltimore like the streets because i was doing some research i think you went to dallas town yeah man i went to dallas town yeah i felt like that was like the dumbest thing I could, at first, I was like, yo, that, this is the dumbest thing you can ever do to me, mom. Why would you take me out my hood? Mm. Where I'm like royalty in my hood. Cause yeah, I did grow up West Baltimore City in, in, the, in you know, the streets, you know. Um, but you took me from there to you put me around all these white people, man. And that messed me up for a minute. Cause I'm like, yo, like, nah, I, now I don't know like what I supposed to act like, who I supposed to be and all of that. And you take me from there and you put me into a, a high school. It's college preparatory, it's great for curriculum, all of that, you know. It's the reason why I graduated 3.9 GPA, you know, but mm -hmm. I still had to find like who I was up there, you know. I was like one of 12 kids in a high school, uh, uh, one of 12 black kids in a high school up there. And that was like, that was a, a middle high school. So it was like, 10,000 kids up there. And I'm like, now I'm the minority, you know, up here. That was, that was crazy. But so my, my whole freshman year, like I was making up stuff. I was like, mom, they racist, man. They calling me all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Nobody ever bothered me at all. Like they was, <laughs> I was like, mom, I'm in the bathroom. Like, oh my God, the teachers hate me. They won't let me answer questions. She like, if you don't get your ass back in that class. <laughs> she already knew, she knew that I was like lying and stuff, but that ended up being some of the best years of my life though. You know, I won homecoming queen. I, 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 I could have won prom queen, yo, but I, it was this one teacher, I don't care, she was racist. And she was playing with me real bad, man. And I slid a note up under her door and I called her a fat bitch. And she just, she got me, like, I got disqualified from um, 
slid a note under her door that yeah. you called her a fat B, yeah. you probably should have been I know, disqualified. I know, and I know. Like, I she know. actually wasn't wrong, Jess. Yeah, she wasn't, but she was racist, so I was like, all right, so, you know, I'm not going to call you a racial slur, but I'm going to say you are fat and you are a bitch. You know what and, I mean? But, but now, Jess, you ain't 60. There's cameras everywhere. You're and listen, 32. and that's the thing. I didn't realize that until the principal showed me, like, that's you. I'm like, that is not me. Are you trying to say we all look alike up here? I tried to pull that and everything. It's like, it's only like... Like 80 odd to go to school. That is you. That was one of the mother 11 niggas. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, it's me. It's me. So, yeah. but why rebel? Like, you know, our I parents know. worked their ass off to put us in, you know, good. I'm, I'm yeah. sure now as a parent, yeah. you understand it yes. all. But West Baltimore, like, what was the extreme? Just being removed from that environment? Like, why why'd you rebel? Because that's all I knew. That's all I knew. I knew Baltimore. That's and that's where I wanted to be. And I grew up with, with, the people in my hood. I went. I was used to another school. I was used to just being everywhere where they looked like me. Like the white. And yeah, and I, you would see white people in Baltimore, but what they, me growing up, you see a white person. It's either, you know, when you go to your doctor's appointments or it's probably somebody to come to the school for career day and, you know, something like that. You don't really see many. Or if you see them in the hood, they on, they on, they crackheads, they on drugs. So, you know, it's not really my idea of what white people was when I was younger was just like, okay, they exist, but they don't really got nothing to do with me. You know what I mean? And then I went there and it was like, hey, we're here, hello. And I was like, what? It's a whole bunch of y'all out here, and it's different kinds. Yeah, cool, that's what's up. You know, and I'm I'm also, I never did, this is the thing, growing up in Baltimore also, the extreme was all I seen, I had drugs around me a lot, and I seen what it did to my people and mm -hmm. their parents. Like my friends growing up, a lot of their parents strung out, a lot of their grandparents strung out, and stuff like that. So I knew I didn't want to do any of that. I'm like, no, I'm not gonna be like that. My parents, they, there's no drug addiction in my house or anything like that, so everybody would want to come to my house. You know what I mean? But then I go to Pennsylvania, and that's what the kids are doing. For yeah. like, they smoking weed, they doing shrooms, they they popping pills, they they doing coke, and I'm like, damn, it's it's frowned upon in Baltimore. You know, this this what you don't want to see. Cause you see like junkies and crackheads walking up and down the street. That's not what you want to be like. But I get up here. And y'all are dying to be junkies and crackheads up here, you know what I mean? So, next thing you know, I was dying to be a junkie and a crackhead because I started smoking weed. I started, I tried, I tried almost everything that they tried, not even trying to fit in, just like, well, if y'all making it look cool, mm -hmm. let's see what it's about. Right. So that's when I started smoking weed. I, didn't, I never even wanted to smoke weed till I got up there around my white friends. Um, when they became my friends and I started going to raves, I'm like, man, I ain't got headaches from this type of stuff. Like, I I got into different music. I got that's when I actually got into football and became a Steelers fan up there. Was the Don't say that thing. out loud no more. I know you I got to everywhere. Yo, this is what hey. you wanted to know. Oh, yeah. Everywhere. So, Freddie T. Right. <laughs> when you win the championships, we do. <laughs> We pick up fans that way. And yeah. Just right, because Jan, nobody's a Jackson. Can we go on a show without battery, talking about championships? She threw a battery in his back right yes, now. Yes, she Lord did. Lord Jesus. Why? Because there are a lot of famous people that are fans <laughs> of the Pittsburgh Steelers? And then not, not only that, not only that, she's in Baltimore. Yes. As is, that is fucking, and that I is disrespectful. Not, and I did not realize what that meant until I graduated from high school and went home. 
and I would see, and I'm like, yo, because I knew that that rivalry was obviously Baltimore Crazy. Ravens, but yeah. I'm like, man, anybody gonna be mad at me? Man, I went back home. I, everybody, my brother, my my cousins, my uncles, they like, oh, you a clown, yo? You up here? You up there? I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Because Steelers, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm like, it's not that serious, yo. They. They went crazy on me, but I. Jess, you know I, what? Wanted to, I wanted to ask about that, wrong with that. About going, <laughs> Thank about, you. about going to the white school, because that was kind of what happened to me in Atlanta. Okay. While I was playing ball, you know, we was in the hood, yeah. and then I started playing ball, and I had to move out to the white side, and I joke around a lot too. You know, I, I try to dabble in comedy as well. Did that hone your skill? Like, did you use comedy to absolutely to, to fit in? Absolutely. That. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and then I could dance. You know, white people really ain't got the moves. So I was up there teaching them all types of stuff, man. At tailgating parties and games and all that type of stuff. Like I will always be the only one dancing. They would love it. And I'm just like, I'm teaching them how to do everything. Like, and and they not getting it, but that made me cool. I'm like, all right, cool. And then certain stuff that I eat, I. That's when I first realized what hummus was. I'm like, why are y'all eating this? What is this? A chickpea. Yeah, I'm like, nah, I don't, we don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, where the jelly at? Or where, like, you know? And is in. I would teach them things, and they would start, you know, like, adapting to my culture. And then I would see. I would. I never really, like, really tried to adapt to theirs, but they, they picked up things after me, things like that. And it, like I said, it ended up being the best. Some of the best years, like I still got friends um, from Dallas Town that I see, and then like I had a lot of friends that like overdosed as well, which wow. that sticks with me too. Because what I realized, I had both of my parents, and I'm a very loved, family-oriented person. Like my mom and my dad, like you said, they work hard to do these things for us. And I realized, not even now as an adult, I realized my sophomore, junior year, a lot of them were turning to drugs and all of that and always wanting to be like around me and at my house and because their parents were never home, man, their parents were always just like doing whatever they doing. Like, don't like, as long as we give you a car, gift you a BMW, you're great. And they pulling up to school in their car and all of that. But like, it, it was like disconnect. It was a disconnect in their households between parent and child, you know? So they would always, my parents would let my friends come over and stuff like that, and they would be like, yo, like, you tell your mom you love her all day, like every day? Like a lot of them, and not, this wasn't everybody, but it was most of them, like, and they, they were bored with all the money just getting sent allowances while their parents out of town, so what do you do? You know what I'm saying? They already had cars, they already had everything, so it was like, all right, let's see what's up with these drugs, you know? And, and that's, so I realized that sophomore, junior year when a couple of, kids were like ODing and I'm like, damn. So real quick, that made me stop doing everything that they was doing too. But I stuck with the shrooms though. That was really good. (laughs) I did, I stuck with the shrooms, you know, I slowed down on like- Shrooms. She said shrooms. She's 32. Oh, yeah, boy. Right, you know what I mean? Boy. She can live wherever she wants. That ain't getting out of her. <laughs> right, right. Don't play with me. We, we had you know, Mike Tyson on the show. Oh, my Lord. And he threw me some shrooms. Oh, my God. And I just held him right here the whole show. He followed back up. What was that, like 15 minutes in? You were scared. He said, how you, how you feeling, big so, dog? He lied. He lied and act like he took him. Oh, no. I told Mike, I said, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Hands still balled up, <laughs> well, swims all sweaty. I shot them shits in the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> 
he no felt sense. pressured. And, and Mike came out, he had on some little bitty shorts and no drawers. And so it was just an uncomfortable situation Man. all the way around. Scared as hell to tell him I ain't take him. <laughs> Oh my God! Like, you know Michael Snap. Yeah. Like, yeah, but why would he come up here? Then he had the little like shorts, that? but then he sat on us like this. <laughs> Yo, why? Nah, you gotta watch. I was like Mike, man, put your dick away, man. <laughs> really? <laughs> Where did he think he was coming to? Like, well, we, well, actually, we went to his hotel room. So Mike came out the bed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Headroom, however he felt like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't like I was going to be like, hey, Oh, Mike. y'all went to him, so he was yeah. like, no, I'm going to be comfortable. Yeah, he now, was comfortable. I, oh, that, that's Lord. uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, I bet it was uncomfortable for y'all three <laughs> That's men. how Mike used to show up. Just a towel I and some shorts. He ready to go. Jesus yeah. Christ, and shroomed mm-hmm. up. And shroomed up. Nigga smoked 20 joints that day. Yeah. Yeah. You've lived a, a unique yeah. life. Yeah. You know, when you mention the uniqueness of your home situation yeah. in Baltimore, and then you go to high school mm-hmm. where you're one of few black people and you realize they're like, that's sort of a superpower. Yeah. There's a fear, obviously, walking in, but you are different. Your personality's different. Your charisma's different. Style, swag, movement, all of those things. And if you embrace those, they normally do, but there will be pushback like the fat teacher. Yeah. So <laughs> then you realize you have these, and it stuck out to me, you said you had a 3-9. So how does comedy come out of that? You know, normally you go to a preparatory school, you excel the way you did it. Okay, let's go to college. Let's go do all these different things. Let's find a regular job. For you, what was the steps of getting into comedy and starting to make those videos and different things like that? Man, the fact that I actually was, like I said, taking out the hood and I was like thrown into a whole different culture and a whole different setting, which I never was taught anything about it before that and then um just how i had to pivot (laughs) everything you know up there and that's literally what i had to do i didn't have a desire to go to college after that i was like man i got 3.9 i mean i can but i don't i don't want to go like that's just i but i i never really wanted to go to college i wanted to go for my parents just to say i did it but I, i went through a series of things i was like you know what I'm gonna go to the, the military like my dad. I wanna be, cause my dad was a Marine. I was like, I wanna be a Marine. Then I was like, psych, nah, I don't wanna do that. And then my mom, she's worked in education. You know, she's been childcare administration all my life. So I'm like, do I wanna work with kids? I don't really like them. You know what I mean? So it was a lot of things. So then I moved back and then I knew I didn't wanna work for nobody, but I, but my mom was like, you gonna do something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause I didn't plan on moving out. My parents would never put me out. So I, but, so I, I did everything from Walmart, McDonald's, everything. But everywhere I worked at, I would get fired. You know what I mean? I, I just would get fired. I, I would find slick ways to make more money on the side. Like McDonald's, they made me, I was uh, a manager overnight. And so I was like, I'm still not making enough. So overnight, it's like an hour where the store works manually and I would like still cash out the register 
or whatever. But <laughs> and you got fired for that. Yeah, I got fired for that. Go figure. Because it's nips. called stealing. Yes. yes. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm but, not shocked. You know, but I was a mom and I needed it. You know what I mean? So, so, but I got caught because always trying to help other people, uh -oh. and and they thought they were supposed to be getting what I was getting, and and somebody went and told one day because I didn't give them a lot more that they thought that we ain't really make a lot Hush that money. night, you know, so. Like, when I was working at Walmart, my snitch, because, you know, I was still in the Lord No Boundary t-shirts, and they, because we would get a lot of stock of those. Like, it, they would build up, and I'm like, ain't nobody gonna buy all of these today. So I'm like, you, you stole know. stole a lot. Yeah, Jess. yeah, I know. It was bad. It was bad. <laughs> Jessica Moore. <the> yes. <laughs> I was. A reform with thief. The mess. Yeah. <laughs> I know, you was messy. You been messy. Yeah, man. Damn. But I ain't never stole from people. I, I never really stole from people that I didn't like. <laughs> That's the yeah, 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 man. So I, I knew that. Uh, I knew that I, I was like, I can't work for nobody else. I can't work for nobody. So that's when I was like, all right. Uh, my mom was like, well, you better go to college now. You got to do something. You keep getting fired. You a damn thief. You like my mom was like, ah. Oh. She's like, I don't want to put you out, but I will. And I'm like, oh, damn, that's the first time she ever told me that. And when my mom says something, she means it. And my mom's an angel, but after a while, you like, all right, look. You went to high school up here. You you know better. I took you out there. You come back, you doing more hood shit. Like, what are you doing? So I'm like, okay, cool. I went to a community college uh, for mortuary science. I was like, all right, I'm a, since everybody, everywhere I work at, all these people who are alive is getting me fired. I'm just working around with dead people. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm like, all right, let me see what's up. I, I'd rather be a coroner. People ain't gonna never stop dying so I can make right. money all the time. Right. So I went and then we did the clinicals and, and I didn't really pay attention because I was high all the time in class. So I didn't know that you, if you embalm, put too much embalming fluid inside of a body, the limbs can still move, you know, because it settles. So that's how deceased bodies can like fart, burp, they release air. You know what I mean? And sometimes limbs can move, man. And I was doing my little internship and that shit happened and I was like, yeah, all right. Never came back, <laughs> never went back, yo. So I said, all right, you know what? I'm gonna do comedy. Cause it's a lot of funny experience that, like, experiences that I know that I could talk about. And I've always been funny. Like even as a small child, like I can make people laugh at a funeral. Like I make people laugh no matter where I'm at, just in regular com conversation. So I always knew I had that part of it. And I've always been sociably cool like I you know always been that girl no matter where I went so and then I always been like one of the homies too because I grew up around a lot of a lot of guys too so I always been like a tom girl but you know still girly ways but like you know tom girl so I always could hold my own around like guys roasting and all <laughs> she that steals she puts too much Embalming fluid in dead people and makes them come alive. I never hired her. Hey, she might be the worst employee of. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Marco I, was like that. We did funny I, Mark a show with Funny Marco. Oh my god. He said god. he got fired all the time. Yeah. So is that the way that you should get fired more? He started doing stand up. I started doing stand up. Oh snap! Yeah, okay. I got it uh, down in my down in South Florida. I had okay. one in Miami. Get January. fired more. I got March 3rd in Daniel Beach up in Lauderdale. I know, that's right. I started doing it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's cool. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, the thing that got me my first show, what? is when you hit them, uh, yeah. and you know you got them, and then the motherfuckers say, ha, ha, 
And then uh-huh. now, what else? And then everybody looks. Yep. Go again, motherfucker. Yep, that's Go it. again, motherfucker. Yep. <laughs> it's very different from social media. That was my thing, too. I'm like, man, these motherfuckers in front of you. Like, they're in front of you. They don't. There's no edit. You don't got time to go back, change the caption. You don't got time to go back, change the videos. No, they're in front of you. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing with uh, transitioning from internet, uh, social media influence or whatever, you know, internet comedian to stand-up which I, I always knew that I could do, but I ain't never want to do a stand-up until one of um, my big brothers had showed me, like, yo, I was at an open mic one night, and I was like, uh, yo, I'm just here to listen. I'm here to be a student and just listen. I ain't never want to do it. This one, I was doing 15-second videos on Instagram. That's how I built my platform, just doing videos. And my brother was like, yo, you should go up there. I'm like, nah, I just do videos on Instagram. I'm just here to support you, you know? He was like, nah, like, do it. So this nigga called me up there, like, yo, Jess, because this before, Jess hilarious, like, was, like, really stuck. At first, I was just, just Jess. Like, so I went up there. I ain't know what to do. I just started talking. Now, this is in my own city, this is Baltimore City. I know what they like to hear. I grew up there. I know the slang. I know the accent, whatever. So, just start talking. I've always been funny in that way. Man, they was dying laughing. I only supposed to have five minutes, and then when you get a light, I didn't know what that means. All right, wrap it up. I'm thinking niggas just taking pictures. I'm like, <laughs> all right, y'all. So, you know, on to the next joke. So then the, my brother, who was also the host, he told DJ, he dropped the music on her. She doing too much. I'm like, you threw me up here. I didn't know. So he dropped the music while I was talking. I started dancing. I didn't know whenever to come down. <laughs> didn't know, man. Did not know. So, and I've been doing it ever since then. Yeah. I just had to learn how to respect time mm-hmm. and know what that flash means. You know yeah. what I mean? I didn't really learn stand-up etiquette until later. I just yeah. I just got thrown up there. So as a woman though, because me, I'm older than you, but shit, I had Richard, I had Red, I had Bernie, I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Eddie. Uh, you know, Martin, like we had all them as a- I mean, as you a, did something with Martin. Though, right? I did. You did, you yeah, opened for Martin. Yeah. But as, as a woman, is it, do you need a woman to look up to, or are you the Because we ain't but, what, eight years apart. We're the yeah, same yeah. dudes that- Yeah, that, yeah. I was gonna say, y'all talking like y'all old as hell. Like, y'all not he that is. old. That nigga's 70. Yeah, he's- Oh my God, you look so good. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, Jack. You're welcome, you're Thank welcome. You. Y'all guys are something else. <laughs> That's how y'all do in front of company? <laughs> In front of I just turned 48, Jess. Ooh. Wow, you still do look good, though, for 48. Uh, but you see how Jess, that was even older than she thought, though? Hey, yo, like, she said, like, oh, 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 wow. Hey, she no, she was going to run a tape back, and she said. Yeah, she thought. Yeah. Like, like, wow. She thought like, he was going to come with a lower number. And then she said, oh, wait, no. Obviously. He really is old. I'm, I'm older than him. I'm a few years older than you, but we can go pound for pound. That's I just didn't know you was, that's like half of a hundred. And that's good. Like, you almost say you. Take my you shots. Give me my shots. Give me my shots. You don't got to make me feel better about yourself. I know. She killed me already half of a hundred. Half of a hundred. When you look like that, I don't care. I would lie and say I'm older. Just be like, I'm 66. You know, just if I look like I that, you know? That. Yeah. Because you're saying that's how close you are to it as well. Oh, I'm about <laughs> no, to get them pensions. that's not what I'm saying. I'm close to my pension. I'm excited about that. You know what I'm saying? See, that kind of Come from that age, yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> hey, she like, keep okay. throwing them in there though. I said, she, she I'm didn't even give me wisdom. She I like it. Age. I ain't got thin skin. See, that's the beautiful thing. I everybody. love that. So we good. But no, nah, man, I um, I've never, to be honest with you, I've never, I didn't grow up studying anybody. Honestly, I, I grew up, or well, I didn't even grow up watching um, stand up. My dad, I used to like 
sneak up with him when I was supposed to be asleep and watch Comic View. But I was just watching Comic View with my dad. I didn't know what was funny and what wasn't. I just was happy to be up with my dad. But um, my favorite show was Martin and then The Chappelle Show. So I knew that they were comedians, but I never really got into their stand-up. Um, the first time I watched stand-up, I watched Chris Tucker. I was a teenager and I was like, damn, he funny. You know what I mean? Then I started seeing his movies and stuff like that. Then I like, then I, I started paying attention to Cat Williams. And then that made me want to go back and watch my, all right, well, if Martin and Dave Chappelle stand-up comedians, let me see what they, so I didn't get into it to, to be stand-up, to be a stand-up comedian, but yeah, I, I, I really didn't. I, I never really studied the, I would hear about Richard Pryor and, you know, Fox and- uh, Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac, yeah. yeah. Now, I would, I liked their shows, like in their movies and stuff. And then I started watching their stand up later on. And I'm like, okay, cool. But as far as women, nah, I never really. And even with me being from Baltimore, uh, Monique, Mm -hmm. I never really got into her stand-up. I was a Parker's fan. I was, you know, I, her, her talk show, you know, she was funny in movies and she was that girl to me, but not for stand-up, you know what I mean? So I just morphed myself into what I, I think stand-up should be and it should be real raw. And I look up to a lot of, a lot of the men in stand-up um, now. Yeah. Me, I didn't really grow up on it. It was what something was it? I got into. What was it like to, you said Martin was one of your favorite shows. Yes. What was it like to be able to be a part of something he did in the stand-up world? I was so happy. First of all, it happened quick um, because he didn't even call me to do to open up for him. He didn't even know if I had done stand-up. He just liked my sketches on Instagram. So he had got his brother, Robert Lawrence, yeah, and they called me and I'm like, what? He's like Martin Lawrence's brother. I'm like, man, you playing on my phone. Where's it? He FaceTimed me and he was right there. He was with Martin. I'm like, yo, you know, what's up? And so he was like, I'm, I'm, he was like, Martin was like writing some scripts for like some plays or something like that. And so that's what he wanted to do because he liked my, my content on Instagram. And then, so we had planned to do that. And then um, they called me back like 20 minutes later and it was just Rob by himself, and he was like, um, you do stand-up? And I had only did like stand-up like two or three times. Um, and I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> lying like shit. <laughs> so he was like, how long you been doing? I'm like, like a couple years, like, you know, two years. And he's like, you know, uh, you know, we're from Maryland, and he's on tour now, he's, he's on a What Now tour. And I was like, okay, and he's saying, we're coming to Baltimore, we coming to, it was called the State Farm Arena at that time in Baltimore City, and he was like, would you like to open up for him? I'm like, hell yeah. He's all right, how are you with like five to 10 minutes? And I'm like, I be doing like 40, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> lying, not even knowing what an opening act is. I didn't know, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm still learning what times are, whatever. So I was like, I could do five to 10 minutes. I saw it, that's, that's all he need? And he was like, yeah. Soon as I hung up, I called my big brother, like, yo, I need to write 10 minutes of comedy. Martin Lawrence want me to open up for him. He thought I was lying. He like, you don't need to do stand up. Why would, what, why would he call you? Why wouldn't he call me? Cause nigga don't know you. Like you ain't, <laughs> you ain't on Instagram and nothing like that, you know? So I sat with my brother and we did 10 minutes or whatever and he helped me write it and stuff like that. And that was my first time being around so many people. It was like, what, 30,000 people in the arena. He did the arena. And I'm like, I've been in front of my city, I've been in front of large crowds, but never this big. I had went on stage and I forgot the whole 10 minutes. Wow. 
But I just started doing what I did at that open mic mm -hmm. and talking and I killed it. I crushed it and I went over on my time and I thought Martin was going to be pissed because I'm like, damn, my brother told me don't go. But you don't see no light. Yeah. In an arena, you just gotta like know because it's a clock right there. But I wasn't paying attention to the clock or anything. But I only went over like two minutes, so I did like 12 minutes. And um, and I was like, that's my time. And they, I just remember it. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'm gonna do this. This is what I can do. This is what I'm gonna do. So that was like my third, fourth time on stage ever in front of an arena of people in my own city. And I was like, all right, yeah, this is what I'm gonna do. And I went, went off stage and uh, Martin had saw me. And I thought he was ready to be like, yeah, you went over, but he like, I winked at me, like it was, I was like, oh my God. But he was, he just wanted to see like what I could do. Yeah. And he was just out there looking. And then he like, he gave me a head nod, winked and then walked off. And I, I was, I was happy, you know, he had got fat by then though. So I was, you know, I was like, oh man, you, you know. Turn around. Yeah, cause I, yeah, cause I had, cause I was like, when I first saw him, I was like, say, what's up, what's up? He said, nah, you say that. I'm not gonna say, I was like, damn man. He, he, yeah, like he was like chills by then. Like yeah. he wasn't, he wasn't Martin back in the nineties, yeah. you know, and I just had to realize that, yeah, people grow up. And people don't be having all that energy no more like that. Hell but I'm like, no. but you still shooting bad boys running down the street. At, like, you can't say what's up for me, yo. Hey, hey you he saw, you saw him shooting bad boys. When they finished that scene, he was weak. I know, he was, yeah, he was. <laughs> he was tired as hell. He, he, he let really, Will get shot in the last one. Yeah. Right. Will got so high. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know what? I love your story, because this is what we've learned about it already. Uh, she still, she stole. Stole. Right. She lied to get on stage. I used to lie, yo. <laughs> she did drugs. Yep, used to. Jess was awesome. Hey, she was awesome. <laughs> Jess, you know, like, it, we, we get here now, and you were named the third host yeah. of, of The Breakfast Club, which is monumental. Yes. When iHeart introduced it, they said, we want to show the world she's not just a comedian, but she's about the culture. Yeah. But you're sitting in the seat that Angela Yee sat in for a long time. And there can be pressure being there with DJ Envy, Charlemagne. You announced it, I think, too early? Yeah, on purpose. Okay. Yeah. You seem to do things with, with a purpose and intention. Yeah, man. What was that process like going through that year where there were co-hosts and different guest hosts and then finally getting to that point uh, to get the job? As soon as... Angela Yee had left and you know she started her own show shout out to her because I, I have a um, big love for her as well but as soon as she left I texted Charlemagne like you know I gotta get up there like I, I wanted to do that and he was like well we're gonna be guest hosting so definitely you know come up shoot your shot whatever and I've always been close with Charlemagne so I'm like all right, but that, you know, that's not how I got in but I, I just always been close enough to him like to be able to text him and tell him yo I want to be able to do that like I think I can offer so much to that show because y'all niggas born now a little bit, you know? So I'm you like, didn't all text right. that, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he was like, all right, come on, shoot your shot up here. You know, we're going to be guest hosting for like, you know, a few months and then a few months turned into a year of it. And I just, I got my cameraman and everything. I'm like, yo, I want you to, because I want to like remarket with Jess, what uh, Breakfast Club would look like with Jess. You know what I mean? I want to I want to look like I, I can carry the show, you know what I mean? Um, and so 
I got one of the dopest video guys. Uh, Carlos is my guy. I always work on Instagram, and he he edits phenomenally. I'm like, yeah, I want I want to, I want to, I want you to go with me every time I go up there. Make a day out of it. We're gonna do BTS. We're gonna kill it. I'm gonna come with the fashion, all of that. And um, I get up there, and it's like talking to two of my brothers, DJ Envy and Charlemagne, and I, I gel. The chemistry is crazy. Like. I'd never been around Charlemagne so much. Although we were close, I'd never been around him that much in my guest hosting position. And I'm like, oh no, this could work. This this gonna be a breeze. So I just kept saying, I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get this. And they had some other great co-hosts too, like people who've been in radio for years and all of that. So it was a time where I did feel like, not defeated, but a little intimidated about it. Like maybe they want somebody with the experience, but all I know how to do is talk, be funny, insert myself. I'm very curious and aware, and I just know how to I know how to go after what I want, but maybe iHeart is gonna want, because yeah. it ain't totally up to the people that's just in the room. It's, it's a lot of people, you know what I mean? It's a big scene. And so, behind the scenes, so I'm like, maybe they gonna pick this person, that person, but I just I kept on staying with it. And um, when I got an offer, I was like, insulted a little bit. I, I, yeah, I can remember being insulted, I'm like, yo, what? I know that feeling. What's, what's, what's going on with this? Like, I make this a month, per month, touring. You know what I mean? And then it felt like even more slap in the face because the application on, on online, I'm like, yo, what? Like, this is like right. Walmart over again. Like, no, nah, well, how can anybody just submit? What you mean, 200,000, right. what? So a year, what? And then, and then also, I would have to move from D.C. to what? I got a son. My son had to come up here, and I was just, I was upset, but I was, like, taking it as a, a personal attack when shouldn't have, you know, it's just it's business. But that also showed me, like, yo, people will, will pay you something, whatever it is, if you allow them to, because that's why that's even like that. That's why offer is so low for, for anywhere, you know. I'm not just speaking for us, but yeah, I'm speaking for us. That's why it's so low anyway, because you have some of us who will take it and then complain later. Right. It's like, no, no, no. If you never ever allow yourself to be disrespected, then they can't continue to do it. And then you can't later be, you know, like, they, I, I'm, I'm this, I'm this. No, how could they? Because you let them in the first place. So I was willing to even walk away if they ain't budge on <laughs> what, you know, so. This is what I knew in my mind. I'm like, all right, I know ain't no plan B. I don't care. I don't care. I know it's a lot of people that'll take this and, you know, and there's other people that I knew that'll fight, but they wouldn't come back and ask for. I was even scared of the number that I asked for. And I was scared because I knew they were gonna be like, shit, what? You ain't getting this. You... Nah, you ain't getting this. You know what I'm saying? But I went ahead and I did it. And then I knew, I knew, because I did my own research on the numbers that I bought them, just guest hosting. And, you know, they were on BET, you know, when I was doing that. And the views that I bought, even outside of BET, I know will be amplified on BET. You know what I'm saying? I'm bringing y'all an audience, you know? And even though Breakfast Club, big, 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 that's why I wanted to be a part of it in the first place. We're going to benefit each other. Don't just look at it one side of our heart. Don't just look at 
you know, what y'all gonna do for me, look at what I'm gonna do for y'all, you know what I mean? With my brand, I'm a brand by myself, I'm a platform by myself, so I, I wanna, this This gonna be a great, you know, partnership, you know, in my eyes, that's what I'm saying it as. So when I figured, like, I know ain't no, ain't no plan B in my mind. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Fine, I announced. Yeah, before everything was done. And then, yeah. That's some G shit. Yeah. Man, I tell you, I was scared shit too. I was like, oh my God, they're gonna be like, hell no. Nope, we're going, no, we're gonna take the next person. But I just deleted whoever the next person was out of my mind, like, it ain't no next person. You know what I mean? And I was ghosted for a minute. Like, nah, ma, I don't think we made it. Like I told you we did. <laughs> and then um, hit me back. And I, I, I got, I was so like, I was shocked. Like, oh no, they did that. You know what I mean? They honored this and they honored that. And, and, and I, I went rogue and I really, I won that. And I felt really, really good. I felt good about it because I'm always going to bet on myself, you know, and growing up in Baltimore, that's one thing I learned too. Like I bet on myself and I win most of the time. I've taken L's, hell yeah, but nah, I win. And, and I knew I belonged there and I knew that they could help amplify everything I got going on. At the same time, I benefit that show too, you know, so I got it and, um, He's like, yo, don't say nothing else <laughs> until we say it. <laughs> and I was like, all right, y'all got that. I'm good. I ain't even got to say nothing else. Yo, but do y'all know what I went through for doing that, yo? Everybody, and not even, not even just from our heart side. Man, my friends, my family, like, yo, your lying ass ain't even get the job. You a lie. <laughs> like, I got it the worst. How did you announce? You at a party or something? Like, no, so I went to a party. It was a Christmas party in uh, Baltimore City. <laughs> and um, I, I just always still go to my city. I don't live there anymore, but I go and I support. I got, uh, like, two favorite promoters, party promoters there. And um, Dave Kowser, he's one of the promoters there, and he was having a, 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 um, a holiday party. And... I was, I was telling him, he one of my friends, so I was telling him, like, even when I was in negotiation, I was like, yo, I'm getting this, I'm getting this. So he said it first, and and he was like, yo, she about to be the club, the host of the Breakfast Club and all that. DJ Quicksilver, one of, one of the hottest DJs out here, man. He got his phone up, everybody at the party got their phone out. I got on this, this suede dress and everything, man. I'm sitting here, I go up there, and I'm like, Shit, yeah, I'm the third host, y'all. <laughs> and I just, I made the announcement, all these phones, I seen the flashes, I seen everything. And the next day woke up, shade room, baller alert, just everywhere, neighborhood talk. Every blog you can think of, you know, a lot of the urban blogs grabbed it first. And, and then a call from my heart. And then, <laughs> and then just like, are you? Fucking dumb. <laughs> what is wrong with you? But this is the first time I'm actually sitting here with y'all 
telling people I did it on purpose. I ain't never, I just was quiet about it the whole time. I was like, man, should I have done that? But then I'm like, man, yeah, I should have did it. And, I, and I'm, I'm glad I did it. <laughs> but you know how you want to do something so bad? You're not, you're not thinking about the, the back end of it. You're thinking about it, but it's like, no, I know. I know what this can do positively. And then when I did it and I woke up to all of that, and I was like, damn, man, maybe I shouldn't have. Can I say AI did this or something? Yo, I don't, I don't know. I was thinking of, but I did it, man. So yeah, and that's how that happened. Just looking at the, your journey, yeah. you know, just everything. Uh, was it worth it? Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah, everything I went through, like, like he keeps stating, uh, the junkie, thief, crackhead, everything, all of that. All that was worth. You're working. a pastor too, by the way, because you mentioned about the value and the people and getting your worth. Yeah. And, and not taking it because later you're not gonna be happy. Yeah. We just had that conversation yeah. before you walked through the door. Really? And it seems like the pastor always can tell you something that, you know, when they speak, it seems like they're talking to you. Right to you. So you're kind of talking to somebody in this room. Really? I ain't pointing no fingers. Okay. But okay. I ain't gonna point your foot. Okay, right. He <laughs> said ain't gonna point a finger, not a foot. No, I, right. I, I will uh, say this. Uh, before I came, I was on my knees. I'm dealing with some stuff that it's contractual and it's the same thing. Understanding your worth, mm -hmm. knowing your worth, but having to make the decision of how long you stand on it and what happens if you do. And so that, that was a word. And I believe that's the great part yeah. about this show. You know, you sh saying that you hadn't shared that, there's a reason you did. Yeah. And I'm grateful for it. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I, don't, I just felt comfortable. And y'all really do a good job making people feel comfortable. Cause I don't really feel comfortable in a lot of situations. I mean, I'm always me, but I don't really overshare a lot. Well, I did that night at the Christmas party, but <laughs> you know, but like the whole, the whole process behind it, you know, I mean, like I feel it's like, whatever, you know what I mean? I, I'm, I should just go ahead and say it. Cause um, this is the first time somebody asked me in, a, in an interview and it's like, man, I just, I, I did that on purpose. And I, that, I, I just say I, it's what it is. I sent in my resume to our heart. For my job? Yeah. They ain't called my ass back. I'm glad. <laughs> Go to hell. How about that? <laughs> hey, you know why they didn't call you back? Because she already announced it. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's so why you I did. did. So she you didn't have a chance. Yeah, that's why I, I did what I did. So I do, have, I do have this question. Mm -hmm. I think there's a comedy is one of those rare things where you have to understand that it's comedy. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's truth in every joke. Yeah. His mom texts him all the time, like, F you, every time he lets the world know that he's biracial. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, because I got a joke about having my mama's dick. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> my dad's a big black man. Yeah. We was on with Gail King, and he, he lined me up, and, you know. <laughs> Part of my set, but I, I release it to the world now. You know, it cuts five minutes out that they know about. But my dad's six foot six, 280. Mm -hmm. And all my whole life, I thought I was going to be lined up with the shit I saw in the shower. Mm -hmm. And I was like, damn, my, my shit oh, never caught up. Wow. So I must have my mama's dick. So it's a whole joke. I have a whole that thing about really it. That is really a good joke. Very good joke. Don't steal, <laughs> don't steal my shit. Cause no, I, I, I'm be, I don't, I'm don't be like, I'm, I'm, be like, I'm be like Cat Williams if you steal my shit. I believe but you. <laughs> I believe you. Nah, I, nah. But, but that's a I good think one. what you were getting after, yeah. Well, but the, I was mentioning that, though, you know, like when you tell jokes and you are just naturally funny, yeah, witty, thank you. sharp, timely, which you are, because the way you started had to be that mm -hmm. way. You had a thing back and forth with Azalea Banks. Yeah. I actually don't even want to talk about that. Uh, you were on Wildin' Out. Yeah. You've done things with DC Young Fly and yeah. hosted. 
she basically put out like afterwards this whole thing about how those things or what happened to her had something to do with what DC did her on the show. Yeah. When you see that part of comedy be thrown back into people's faces during trauma, does how much does that make you question the jokes you tell or how do you deal with things like that? So even though I had like like um issues with, with Shorty before she going on there. I, I didn't agree with how they did her, though. I, I mm. didn't agree with that. It, it don't really even have nothing to do with being, like, being a woman or anything like that. It's just, like, that show, people look at it from a viewer standpoint. It's fun. It's cool. You know what I mean? But, like, man, they, they some hard dudes on there. And then we some hard girls on there. Like, you, you really got to have tough skin to come on there. That's why a lot of guests cancel on it last minute sometimes, man. And that's why we got had these meetings before. Like, all right, he don't want you to talk about this. You can't talk about this, you can't talk. And it's like, of course, you got Carlos shit going in, in, in uh, 85 South. Like, right. then why they even come on here? And, that's, and that is true too, because you also got to know going, coming to Wildin' Out, what to expect. But that situation, I didn't agree with how they treated her. No, I didn't. Um, but I don't agree with what she did either after, because. That's that's a whole life loss that 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 this man, that this man is dealing with, and I just I I wish they didn't do her like that, and I wish she hadn't did what she did because they did her like that. That don't nah, but as far as what I do, I've even had things that I regretted. Um, actually, I've only regretted one thing through my whole career. I, I remember, man, I was going through something. I was going to stop um, doing just with the mess because. All I do is riff on people. That's 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 my thing. And I remember Chadwick Boseman had dropped a video shortly before he passed. And I thought he was training for a movie. I thought he was, you know, some people really get into the roles that they, you know, lose weight for a role or something like that, you, you know. So I thought that he was getting ready to, like, get ready for a role, man. And um, he had posted, he was telling people to stay inside. You know, and I, I said, like, man, you need to stay inside or something like that. It was a joke, like, and then because, of course, I didn't know anything about his cancer or anything like that. You know, I, I riffed on him. Not too crazy, but I just put him in jest with the mess. And everybody thought it was funny and cool, even myself, until we passed. And then I don't even care how people looked at me. How I looked at myself was crazy. I'm like, all right. Okay, I never never said, all right, I'm gonna put this comedian thing down, I'm gonna put comedy down, but I was like, all right, I gotta change the way I move. And I, for a minute, I didn't want to do just with the mess no more because you don't know what the hell people are going through. You don't know, you know, when you come at somebody's appearance and just because, he, I just looked at him as a great actor. So I'm like, yo, this nigga's really getting into whatever role he ready to get. And um, that wasn't the case that time. Yeah. That wasn't the case this time. and. It took me a minute to bounce back from that. I was struggling with my own thing. And then I went online and seen how I was receiving hate and I was canceled and everything like that. And I was like, I deserve all of that, right. you know, but I, I didn't know. And then he was so unproblematic. Yeah. He ain't nobody that ever got into it. You, don't, you ain't Chadwick Boseman, ain't somebody you hear about beefing or saying something to offend a community of people or just, he just did his thing, did his thing. And, um, he has left a great legacy, and that's that's the only thing that I regret. So dealing with things like that, yeah, stuff like that, that was the only time I really felt like I regret talking about 
anything like of appearance when it comes to a person. There's a saying between dudes I know that mess around like funny's funny. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna hurt people feelings. There's racial jokes, there's yeah. fat jokes, there's like Absolutely. So you everything you say that dabbles in that, somebody's gonna be offended. But yeah. funny is funny. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing. We've asked uh, I think Kevin Hart, who was on with us, and I was telling him about like running things past people or offending people on jokes, but they're jokes. Yeah. Like you're bringing laughter to millions, you might upset six people. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, and then back in the day. Anything. Need to hit. What? And when I, I told you I ain't grew up on comedy, but when I started watching prior, yeah. what? Yo, I didn't. I'm like, and y'all tripping because I said, shorty fat or sh you look like a what? What? Are you crazy? Just to hear some of the things that they would say back in the day, and just and then comparison to now, but the difference is the people. Mm. The is, is the people since. Everybody got a voice now, and everybody can be heard. So everybody gonna want to be heard, and 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 people, and you know, sensitive is like the new trend. And and oh my God, like why? I'm fat, so why don't you get in the gym? You know what I'm saying, or something? Oh, I'm skinny. Eat, you know, just something. It's like why? Why is like offended the new trend? That's that's like the thing, you know, but. It ain't, it, it ain't never make me want to stop comedy. That was the only thing that stopped that, that Bozeman thing, man. The other thing is, to too, it almost feels <clears throat> once you become someone with a voice or a bigger voice or platform like your, yours, you have to be offended about what other people are offended about. Yes. And a lot of times when I don't say anything, it's because I'm not offended, but I'm not going to pile on. Yeah. I'm not going to go to the other side to make it worse, mm -hmm. but it's okay to not come to the, to the defense of something you don't understand or something you don't feel. And to me, that's been the harder part about continuing to like grow in this business or anything like that. Like having this show, they want us to kind of take up every fight. Oh, this happened to so-and-so, you should have them on the show. Well, I don't think they will be good on our show. No, yeah. You know? Yeah. Just with social media, everything is overdone, over, over critique, over, um, over sensualized. And I, and I think it's, Overexposed. I want to go back, Jess, because earlier we was talking about, you know, your mom taking you from West Baltimore out the hood, and then you know putting you in a situation yeah. where she wanted to see you thrive. Yeah. And then you mentioned that she uh, she said, "Look, I put you there at this school, and you bring your ass back to the hood." Mm -hmm. We can look at a lot of rappers. Let's, let's just narrow it down, like Nipsey. Mm -hmm. You know, you bust your ass and you try to be great to get out the hood. Yeah. But you yourself said you would go back to the hood. Mm -hmm. You know, even now, when you say you went back to where you announced the thing, mm -hmm. to go back to the hood. And I think it's important for our youth, our culture, to kind of see that when you make it, it's okay to go and give back, but not necessarily just implant yourself and just stay back. Mm -hmm. Could you speak to the thought your mom was saying when she said, look, I, I bust my ass to bring you here to get you out and then you come back? Is that important for you? Yeah, it's definitely important for me. That's why I love what I do now. Because, it, and then I seen why she didn't want me to come back very quickly after gaining the platform and the followers and everything like that. And especially in this climate, because like I said, I grew up West Baltimore City and that's just all I knew. So when I came back from there, I'm like, that's all I wanted to see. Because she wouldn't let me come 
back while I was up there, you know. And I would do things like steal her car when she was asleep, come back, and all that type of stuff. Then I started getting caught. You started getting caught. I know, man. That's the thing. That's why I was like, I gotta leave all this alone because I'm not, I'm not like You're successful. Not good at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but when I came back, I was still going to the same places and doing all of that, and I grew, but they didn't like the people didn't yeah. and they were kind of sort of upset like now you, you yeah you got white friends back. now you you know what i mean and yeah and then like even to the bigger point when i grew into this celebrity and just this, this have the social status i'm trying to do the same thing go back and i'm feeding and i'm piecing and i'm but then it's like all right the more you give the more they want and it's like let me get five thousand let me get twenty thousand and I give it, I know you're not giving it back. You have never even seen this much. So why do you think that I believe you're gonna give it back? A better question is, yo, put me in a position to, or how can I make this? You got kids, why are you just asking for 10,000? For what, what you gonna go do? You gonna flip it? Wait, like how? Like, cause I've given so much money away and then I started giving opportunities away and then I got fucked for that too, like giving opportunities away because people's mindset ain't the same. Um, well, that's the thing, it is the same. <laughs> the mindset is the same. Like I said, where I've grown, others didn't. And that's just the sad part. And so people get so mad at you that they really, they, I had like a friend who tried to have me robbed, like all that type of stuff. And like, I grew up with you, you know what I mean? And. I was, you was one of the ones I gave almost a, what, almost $100,000 to, like, all together. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I bought you want to start working for me, you know, and then this is what you do? Like, you know, I got to get out of here. I got to go. And my mom, the whole time is just like, go, go. And so I, I just bought a huge estate outside of Baltimore, but like, I live like. Where'd you buy? And a state, <laughs> not a state, a state. <laughs> Jeez. Like, she ain't say I, a got a, I got a big house. Hey, you got? You see how many times she flipped her hands? In the <laughs> like, state, yo, yeah. And I, yeah, cause I, I was renting for a while, you know? Cause we also, like, when you get money, you didn't come from money. You like, all right, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go and get this, I'm gonna go get this crib, I'm gonna get this condo, this penthouse, all that. But you're not buying it, you rent, so you paying somebody else mortgage, you know what I mean? And I realized that my mom like, you ain't learned shit in Pennsylvania. You is you know, like she just is always go back to my mom, you know. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna buy, I'm gonna buy some land, a lot of it in Maryland. Um, so my estate is in Maryland, but it's it's like almost two hours away from Baltimore. So I didn't want to move that far. I don't believe that you got to go to LA. I trust, I lived in LA, got tired of the hummus there too. So I'm like, I'm not going there. Then I, I lived in Atlanta, got robbed. I'm like, nope, not doing this. I might as well get robbed in Baltimore, you know? That'll be a friendlier robbing. More familiar. Yeah, more familiar. I might know you. It's like, all right, here, you Give me that two. Yeah, yeah, give me that two. Give me that two. Give me that two. Yeah, so I'm like, I, you know, so I got away, but I'm, I'm like, 
you know, outside of D.C., it's much quieter, it's peaceful, it's still ducked off, and it's great. It's, uh, I'm working on my gate right now, and I don't, I don't even need one, but I just still want one, you know what I mean, just because. And then everybody's selling their land around there. Well, I'm going to go crazy and just and get more acres and acres and acres, and, you know, so my family can have that because I don't plan to live there forever, but I, I didn't move out. Uh, I didn't I didn't choose to buy land outside of there because I've always been family oriented. This, this goes back to my parents. This goes back. I don't want to move too far and then be too far away if something go down. So that's why I'm also glad Breakfast Club is right in New York too, because that's a three hour drive from Baltimore and four hours from, well, five hours from my house. So I'm, I'm straight, I'm, I'm, I'm good on that. Yeah, we always ask our guests what, what was their biggest pivot in life. Yeah. So the thing that had to happen, that, that did happen, whether negative or positive, that you feel like affected you to a point that has gotten you here, that's allowed, you know, Jessica Robin Moore, who is now Jess Hilarious, to be a member of the Breakfast Club and to have done all the things that you have. What is that one moment or that moment that is your biggest pivot? It's not even one. That's the thing, it's, it's so many pivotal moments that I've had, because everything happened so fast. And I've, I'm coming up on like nine years of this, almost 10 years of this. And I look back and I'm like, damn, where'd this go? You know, and then I see my son, he almost taller than me. I'm like, yo, you was just little making videos with me. Like, I remember when we first moved out of mom's house, like, I couldn't keep up with rent or nothing. So that's why I was doing a lot of stealing and all that. That, you know, don't justify crime. But I'm just saying, like, I remember lights being off and everything and my son never being afraid of the dark because I used to make it out of a game. We had candles, that's what we was doing. We was lighting candles. We would stay outside on the porch until, you know, he would be playing with his cars until it get dark. And then I'll wait for everybody to go in the house and then we go in the house last so don't nobody see that we going into a dark house. You know, we always had food, but not always lights or whatever. And I just never wanted to go back home. I knew my mother would help me, but like, I ain't going back home. We just, as long as my son is good and happy and content and straight, we, we gonna be good. And going from that moment to even just renting big houses and stuff like that to buying land um, in a state and adding on to what it, cause my house wasn't even what it was, my estate wasn't even what it was when I bought it. So I'm building on it and to now got a, a, a job that, you know, they moved me into a penthouse in Jersey. So it's like multiple, I got, you know, yeah, like th that, all of those pivotal moments, um, all of that is, is what led up to where I'm at now. So I can't even say it's one, one specific moment, but I give all of it to God and my parents, like, and the city where I'm from, because that's why I'm, that's why I am the way I am, like, cause of Baltimore City and how I grew up and everything. But like, if it really wasn't for my mom, prayer warrior, like yeah. crazy, man. She keeps <laughs> me so sane. Like my mom is an angel, you know what I mean? So like, if it wasn't for her, like, I still be, no, I'm lying. I, I'll be famous, but it, it, but it'd be probably on a different level. I wouldn't right. be as humble. I wouldn't be as, as like 
well, well-rounded and open-minded and just, you know, I'm still, like I said, I'm still a student. There's a lot of things I don't know, you know, so I'm still humble and still, I don't know everything. Yeah, well, from us, like, I think it's amazing that you did get the job, even though yeah. you kind of jumped the gun. Yeah. Uh, it would have been embarrassing. But we've <laughs> Yo, all, what? We've all been embarrassed Big before. Man. But Big man. I've actually, and I don't know if you know this, I've actually been trying to get this done since you started guest hosting. I text Charlemagne when you started guest hosting. I actually talked to some of your people yeah. at one point. So I'm glad we were finally able to make it happen. And it was yeah. as great as I thought it would be. I'm happy too. And it's, I feel like it happened at the right time. Because now I got some more stuff to talk about. This was uh -oh. great. All this conversation <laughs> uh -oh. wouldn't be what it is. The conversation wouldn't be the same um, if I came too early. I felt like, honestly, it, for real, for real, I felt like I wasn't really big enough for the pivot when y'all first restarted. Good I already right. did. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Real. Oh, Lord. Nah. Yeah, I mean, I, I am now. <laughs> I'm big enough now. Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cap, pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cap, pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up.